This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review. All things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Dave Woodard in for Libby Snymer this week. It's been a banner year for CARP and for the organization's COO and VP of Advocacy, Wanda Morris. We'll ask her about her first year on the job. And in the world of music, we've lost a lot of legendary Zoomers in 2016. Toronto Sun Music columnist Jane Stevenson will join us to talk about it. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A Toronto landmark has now closed its doors for good. Honest Ed's, with the huge marquee sign affixed at Bathurst and Bloor, closed for the final time December 30th. The hand-painted signs that once littered the store have been sold off, the building to be redeveloped in the coming years. But as a piece of Toronto's history, it won't be forgotten. A permanent exhibition at Bathurst Subway will open soon, paying homage to the cultural landmark. The 10-year tenure of UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon ended New Year's Eve after one last duty. He pushed the Waterford Crystal Button at New York's Times Square to officially welcome in 2017. He's credited with putting climate change and women's rights at the forefront at the United Nations, while still leaving many files like peace in Syria and Israel on the table, unfinished. The 72-year-old ban was replaced by Antonio Gutierrez of Portugal. British author Richard Adams, who created the classic children's novel Watership Down, has died at the age of 96. His family says Adams passed away peacefully Christmas Eve. The Second World War veteran conjured up Watership Down while telling his two daughters bedtime stories. The book was published in 1972 and has sold tens of millions of copies. He's a big fan of Taylor Swift. So big, in fact, that Cyrus Porter's traveled across the U.S. to see her perform on several occasions. Did I mention that Porter's 96 years old? After hearing the news, Taylor Swift repaid the favor, visiting him at his home in Missouri to sit and talk and sing Shake It Off with Porter's family joining in. Porter said besides the memories of the visit, he also has something else to remember Swift by, little lipstick on his cheek. I'm Dave Woodard, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. 2016 began with a new chief operating officer and VP of advocacy at CARP. Wanda Morris left her post as the CEO of Dying with Dignity Canada to join Canada's largest Zoomer advocacy program. And it's been a busy year. Congrats on your first year at CARP. What's it been like? 
Well, it's been amazing, actually. Um, as you know, I, I joined from Dying with Dignity, uh, which was a really incredible role. But after six years there, I really wanted the chance to help people live with dignity. And, and I think CARP is all about that. And you know, there are thousands of Canadians who are already CARP members. But for those who still don't know what CARP is, can you give us a reminder? Absolutely. So we are the largest uh, organization that advocates for Canadians as we age. Um, we advocate for um, better health care, improved financial security, and we fight ageism as it uh, appears in its many forms. 2016 was a great year for CARP. So many great campaigns. Uh, let's start with the Feet to the Fire campaign. What was that all about? So the federal government, well, when they were campaigning, Trudeau actually came to uh, to our headquarters here at, at the Zoomerplex uh, and made a number of promises. And so one of the first things we did at CARP was say, let's hold the government's feet to the fire and make sure that uh, those promises are delivered on. And, and in fact, we really saw that happen. So the, the age of uh, qualification for OAS was rolled back to 65. Um, $1,000 more per year for the most uh, uh, poorest of our single seniors. Uh, and we also had a, a pledge of $3 billion for home care. Uh, so we're, we're pretty excited about those things. Uh, and I shouldn't actually forget the, the CPP commitment as well. So, you know, a lot of things that have either come to place or are in the works. In fact, that campaign is ongoing as we make sure the government delivers on those promises. One of the other campaigns that was uh, really big this year for CARP was the Caring for Caregivers. What was that about? You know, it actually started off as, as a dementia campaign, as many of our members are so concerned about dementia, mm-hmm. and, and they should be. I mean, there's, there's no known cause. We don't know how to cure it, and, and it's, a, it's a pretty hellish disease. But what we realized was that the best way to look after, the best way CARP could look after families with uh, individuals afflicted with uh, dementia or Alzheimer's was to look after caregivers. There's huge issues with, unfortunately, with how we look after caregivers now. There is about $25 billion annually that the government saves by the use of informal or unpaid caregivers, and it's taking a huge toll on those caregivers, not just caregivers of dementia patients, but, but caregivers across the country. So we started advocating for a number of things. Uh, changes to employment insurance so that individuals could have more flexibility taking time off to care for a loved one. Uh, A caregiver allowance. Right now in Nova Scotia, there is a means-tested caregiver allowance. It's it's hardly anything you're going to get rich on. It's $100 a week, but it's, you know, for somebody who has left their employment to look after someone else that can make a big difference. Uh, There was also the Heat or Eat campaign, most notably in the last month or so. What can you tell us about that? Well, we started to hear horrific stories about people that have been, particularly in rural areas, impacted by uh, tremendous uh, increases in hydro rates. Uh, In fact, uh, people might not realize that those rates have doubled in the last 10 years. And if you're somebody on a fixed income, uh, either because you've got a set pension or you have some assets, but of course the returns on them are so low right now with low interest rates, it can be really hard to, uh, to cover additional costs and, and what we heard is people actually having to make horrific choices like do I you know use baseboard heaters in my home to heat or or do I eat and so we uh, were calling on Kathleen Wynn for action she um, did a mea culpa she said she apologized but 
she hasn't actually come out with a reduction in rates yet. So we're very much still pushing on that. And uh, for anyone listening, I really encourage them to go to our website at carp.ca and sign our petition. Now, you talk about the website. Is that the best way to, for people to sign up to become a member of CARP? Absolutely. Uh, sign up there. They can go to my.carp.ca to um, make sure that they're on our mailing list so that they're getting notices of all our campaigns and can make sure that their voices are heard. A very busy year for CARP and uh, still lots to do. Appreciate your time, Wanda, and thanks for all you do on behalf of CARP. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. That was Wanda Morris on her first year at CARM. I'm Dave Woodard, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Libby will be back next week. We'll take a quick break, and when we return, we lost a lot of great artists in 2016. We'll talk about that in a moment. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. 2016 was a year many of us will remember as the year we lost many of the great artists of a generation. Bobby Curtola, Prince, and most recently Debbie Reynolds. And as sad as it's been to hear about their deaths, it's also a good time to remember. Jane Stevenson, Toronto Sun music columnist, joins us. Now, it's not the first time that we've lost musical stars, but 2016 seems to be a particularly rough year. Yeah, and I think, you know, the sad news is it's not going to get any easier. You know, I was at Desert Trip in October at Coachella, and every person on that stage was 70-plus, right. you know, from from Paul McCartney to Bob Boone. Uh, musicians of a certain age, of a certain era, are in their early to mid-70s now. So this isn't going to get any easier for us, sadly. It's just going to get harder. I think what's happened um, this year, it's a combination of just people who had some issues, uh, substance abuse issues that may have caught up with them in some cases, and others who we just didn't know who were ill. In the case of David Bowie, you know, the people closest to him knew he was uh, suffering from cancer, but it was such a shock because the man released an album and then passed away two days later at the beginning of the year. A yeah. couple a couple months later, we heard about the death of the legendary Beatles producer, Sir George Martin, which uh, wasn't a huge surprise because of the age that uh, George Martin was. Yeah, and, you know, George Martin was such a lovely man. You know, I've never gone to an interview and been twirled out of the interview. <laughs> when he said goodbye to me, he actually twirled me out of the room. Wow. Uh, a gentleman, a true British gentleman, obviously a great influence on the Beatles in terms of organizing their sound in the studio, uh, you know, enforcing obviously some discipline, a father figure to these young boys from Liverpool. But yeah, I mean, that wasn't a shock because he was of a certain age. But I think what we're kind of getting at here about this year is the extraordinary influence, let's say, of some of these people who have passed away this year. I mean, we haven't talked about Glenn Fry, who was you know, not so much later than after David Bowie. Uh, uh, the Eagles, I was watching the Kennedy Center Honours last night. It seemed odd that he wasn't there with them, right. getting their honour. Um, and someone like Prince, we haven't even touched on that. But I think that's what is happening this year, like the influence of some of these people that we're losing all at once. It feels like almost too much. Yeah, and you talk about influential musicians and songwriters, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like we can talk about that without touching on Leonard Cohen, who, uh, you know, Canadian-born, was uh, lived, you know, his childhood in Montreal. Uh-huh. Uh, but the amount of people that he affected, not just as a singer, but as a songwriter, is huge. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, Leonard, again, was 82 years old. He had said in an interview something like, I'm ready to die, and then said later, you know, I was misquoted. But that was kind of like a little hint, wasn't it, that there was something up with Leonard Cohen. And I I think sometimes how we react to people's deaths is is shock versus, um, you know, there was uh, some sign that maybe they weren't doing that well. I mean, of course, he was a huge influence. And, um, you know, he was one of our poets, and uh, literally a poet and a poet in his singing and his songwriting. And my God, the man had stamina. The last time I saw him at the Air Canada Centre, I think he played for three hours. Wow. He was dropping to his knees and getting up kind of like a yogi. Like he really was in amazing shape and doing things that I can't. I couldn't do. Uh, several decades younger than him. Uh, he kind of astonished me the last time I saw him live. But yeah, again, there's somebody like our Bob Dylan, or I mean, you don't have to right. couch it in those terms. He was Leonard Cohen. He was who he was. And he had this great impact on the country and the world, frankly. Another big shock talking about the last few days, George Michael passing away at the age of 53. Yeah, now, again, George Michael, um, yes, completely in shock. He's 53 years old, but definitely a reclusive character in the world of music. I mean, I'm pretty sure I have never seen George Michael live, right. and I know I've never interviewed him. You know, he had a famous battle with his record company, so he kind of removed himself from the industry, let's say. I mean, he was still touring overseas, and people were seeing him, but not that recently and not that regularly. So he was definitely somebody who removed himself from the industry. Maybe it wasn't good for him. I mean, he talked very openly about some of the battles he had. And, you know, some of the reports are coming out today that he may have battled heroin. That's news to me. I'd never heard that before. You know, his boyfriend discovered him alone at home at Christmas. You know, it's it's kind of a sad ending for such a influential and beloved artist. People really love George Michael. And, and the saddest thing to me about that story is that I'm not sure he knew that. And when I'm seeing some of the reactions from some of the other musicians who obviously he influenced, I'm almost surprised at some of the people I'm hearing from uh, commenting on his death. But uh, what a beautiful voice, what a beautiful songwriter, and uh, apparently a, a lovely soul. That was Jane Stevenson, music columnist for the Toronto Sun and 24 Hours Toronto. I'm Dave Woodard, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. When we return, we'll hear about one of the artists who did pass away this year, the most recent... Debbie Reynolds, in a moment. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Dave Woodard, in for Libby's Nimer this week. It's time for your International Arts Date Book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. At the Abbey Theatre in Dublin, the stage version of Tolstoy's 1877, Anna Karenya, is playing to packed houses. It's the tale of Anna's scandalous extramarital affair playing through January 28th. In New York City, Kate Blanchett is making her Broadway debut in Chekhov's The Present. Blanchett and fellow Aussie Richard Roxburgh star in a story of love that doesn't end well. It's in previews at the Ethel Barrymore Theater. In Frankfurt, some 100 precious objects from more than 40 collections have been brought together to shed light on the Christmas story through sculpture, painting, printmaking, and other media. It's on until January 29. 
9th. And January 1st, the Vienna Philharmonic will celebrate its 175th anniversary with the annual New Year's Day concert in the Golden Hall at the Musique Verhein. The Vienna concert will also be broadcast to 92 countries across five continents. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Datebook. As we discussed a few moments ago, 2016 was the year that many of our childhood music idols passed away. This week, just one day after her daughter, Carrie Fisher, died from complications of a heart issue, Debbie Reynolds passed away of a stroke at the age of 84. She was reportedly making funeral arrangements with her son when she started having troubles breathing and was rushed to a Los Angeles hospital where she died. In life, Reynolds was a star of stage and screen, nominated for Best Actress in the 1965 Oscars for her role in The Unsinkable Molly Brown, and nominated for Best Actress in a Musical at the Tonys in 1973 for her role in Irene. She was honored in 2015 with the Jean Hersholt Humanitarian Award from the American Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. She also hit number one on the Billboard charts in 1957 with her song, Tammy which is the song we'll play right now. That's Tammy by Debbie Reynolds, who passed away last week at the age of 84 while grieving the loss of her 60-year-old daughter, Carrie Fisher. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Dave Woodard in for Libby's Nimer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. Produced by Dave Woodard, Paul Thomas, and Andre Lowy. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.